0: We're in this series right now called Soul Care and Freedom. And this is the eighth week that we've been in this series. And we've heard so many testimonies of what the Lord is doing. And I just, I want to encourage you guys. We're proud of you. I'm proud of you. This is stuff that's challenging. This is stuff difficult. And for us to gain ground and for us to, to experience the healing and the care the attentiveness that God wants to bring to our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, then then it requires some action on behalf of us. And you know, in the church, a lot of times we talk about, um, you know, we talk about our spirit man, and, and we'll even like talk about healing, like you know, the flesh. Hey, you're sick. Let me pray for you. Hey, you hurt your arm. Let me pray for you. But guys, we we have this body. We are a spirit living in this shell, but we possess a soul. We have, we have a mind. We have our will. We have emotions. And there's times, a lot of times, that we get hurt. Those things get damaged. They get hurt. And our God is just as much the healer of our soul as He is the healer of our body, as He is the healer of our spirit. Soul care it's about knowing God, His love, His power, His freedom. But it's also about God knowing you. Which is an interesting concept because we're like, well, you know, God knows me. God, knows me. He made me. He knows me. It's an interesting one that, because the Lord actually makes this statement that's kind of startling to me when talking about you know just a bunch of works done in his name without the knowing without the intimacy without the yielding and he says depart from me i never knew you and he was trying to get our attention for god to know us there's got to be acts there's got to be invitation there there has to be that openness and so that's what this series is all about this, this week's message, it has power and it will bring freedom as long as we first agree with God and we submit to God about the message last week. Last week, Andy preached a fantastic message on forgiveness. And if you have not heard it, please go to our website or download it on the podcast or um, we even record it on Facebook Live. So there's so many ways we make it available you listen to that message. But forgiveness is such a powerful thing. You know, uh, he, he put up a graphic of Yoda. Um, forgive or do not forgive. There is no unforgiveness. And he pointed out that unforgiveness isn't a word. And I love that. Today we're talking about overcoming and breaking family sin patterns. And forgiveness will be needed in that. I'm going to talk just a bit of a biblical example of what it is, and then I'll talk, I'll kind of explain what family sin patterns are. So let's look to the scriptural example that we have. Let's think about Abraham for a second. In Genesis chapter 20, we see that that when things get tough and when Abraham feels a little squeezed, um, he lies. And we see that he went uh, to, uh, to a new region of Gerar and he lied to King Abimelech of Gerar and said that his wife was actually his sister. So the king's like, well, if she's single then, I mean, hey, you know, why don't you come hang out? And he allowed fear. Fear of, oh my gosh, my wife is so beautiful, which is kind of sweet that he thinks she's, you know, she's so beautiful. But, you know, I, I lie and say she's my sister so that they don't kill me and take her for a wife anyway, which is just ridiculous. But think about how many times we allow fear to to enter our hearts and to make us do ridiculous. Things. How many times have we not lived by faith, but we have lived by fear, and we've made ridiculous decisions based on fear. Not faith. For Abraham, it was lying. Then we see his son Isaac, and a complete lack of creativity, as Isaac does the same thing years later. With his with his wife Rachel goes once again. King of Abimelech, I, I, I'm not. I think it, it was kind of a dad and father kind of thing, but I'm not absolutely certain. The exact same lie. She's my sister. She's my sister. Now, fortunately, both times God spoke to the kings and was like, "Hey." Right. That's look out the window. See that? Yeah, see that embrace? They're husband and wife. They're not brother and sister. And both times, the, the, the king of Abimelech was like, "What are you doing? Do you want me? Cursed? I don't want to be cursed. Why don't you just tell the truth?" With no good answer. Then we look at Isaac's son Jacob, actually nicknamed the Deceiver, which that's the devil's name. That's not our name. But that's, that's what Jacob was called. And he did. He deceived his father on ten occasions. And then Rebecca, um, Jacob's mom said, Hey, I'll join in. Let's, and she orchestrated the deception. So we see in this family, this godly family, we see this family sin pattern of lying from father to son to grandson. And then everyone else just jumps in. This is not a good family pattern. So let me throw something out there. Do children bear the responsibility for their parents' sin? I don't know. Yes and no. We'll kind of get to that in a second. But I will say this. Children definitely bear the effects of their parents' sin. They bear the effects of it. Here's the good news. When we're talking about family sin patterns a pattern can be broken a pattern can be broken and just so we're kind of clear i'm not talking about like generational curses during this message right now i'm talking about patterns of sin that get modeled for us and so we follow it we, we model behavior all the time all the time sometimes we don't even really think about it I was born in North Carolina, so if I go back to North Carolina for any extended period of time, or even the South, before you know it, I'm, my Southern accent has come back. And I start saying certain words with a Southern accent. I promise you. And then, this this sounds, this one's, so then, if I go to Southern California, and I'm hanging out with my buddy Jody, then I start kind of getting this, like, West Coast Like, but my tongue just all of a sudden loses control and I start speaking like this surfer slash orale, you know, kind of accent. And and next thing I know, I'm saying certain words and Carol's like, you're hanging out with Jody, aren't you? I'm like, dang it. Yeah. Certain things get modeled to us. When I'm around, when I'm having a meal with Andy, he models a behavior of generosity because he is the most generous tipper I know. So then I'm like looking to see what he tipped. Because I don't want to be the jerk who tipped way less because he's so generous. But look at I certain behavior is modeled for us, some good, some bad. I want to talk about the effects of the bad. We looked at Abraham and we saw this behavioral line of dishonesty that was modeled by Abraham and literally, absolutely, completely copied by his son Isaac. Verbatim. Model behavior, sin pattern. To the point of deception. now all throughout the family. God judges the heart of each individual. And we see in the Old we see in the New Testament, we see in Genesis that God treated Cain different than Abel. Because of the actions of Cain, the heart place of Cain, the Lord treated them differently. So let's look at Ezekiel 1830, which says this: "Before I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to His ways declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed." And make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. John 3.16 and then John 3.18 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, have eternal life. Verse 18 says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name, the person, the character, the authority of Jesus, of the only Son of God. really salvation is offered to all regardless of the actions of one's parents. But like I said, clearly, the actions of parents, grandparents, family, it affects us. The sin patterns of those who went before us, who who have modeled certain things, they affect our souls. And like I said, patterns can be overcome and our souls healed of those effects. In talking about family sin, I want to make something abundantly clear. We aren't dishonoring our family. We aren't dishonoring our parents. We aren't dishonoring our grandparents. What we're doing is honoring them by saying, by the blood of the Lamb, by the strength of the Holy Spirit, we're going to change that pattern and no longer walk in that sin. And we're going to honor God. See, a fear-based mentality would say, oh my gosh, now, I mean, if you're if you're a parent or a parent here right now, you might have had those like, oh poop moments where you're like, what the heck is he doing? I'm going to leave this place feeling horrible. No, because this is about honoring God. And there's certain things that were modeled to us that, that I think we just walked in without even giving thought to it. So, so today we're going to give thought to it. And tomorrow we're going to give thought to it. And we're going to honor God and our parents and our grandparents by saying we're going to not by our own strength, but by His strength, break some patterns. Let me give you an example. I was born in 1970. I'm 49 years old. The decade, the decade before I was born, a black man and a white man were not allowed to swim in the same pool the decade before I was born. When I was a boy, I would hear phrases like, that's Bob over there. Bob's a good Negro. Like highlighting, like, they're, they're pretty bad as a group, but that one's a good one. Except they wouldn't say Negro. As I grew up, you heard things, you saw things, and things that were passed down. And I'm just... There's things that my grandparents did, said that even as a kid, I'm like, that's racism. I love my grandparents, but that's racism. That's declaring that that person over there is lessened because of the color of his skin. And I am greater than because of the tint of my skin. And I heard it again and again and again and again from family and I heard like like lesser but still skewed versions even from my parents because we lived in the south and there were things that were modeled so do I just ignore that do I just try and hope that it doesn't affect me Or do I call out to the Lord and say, I want that pattern to stop. I've had things modeled that I don't want to now model for my kids. You know, it's interesting that brought that up is out of nowhere. My son recently, he asked me a question. Dad, would you be okay if, uh, if, you know, any namesters said if either of the girls married a black man, would you be okay with that? And I I wanted to answer, why do you ask? But I thought, no, I want to... He asked a direct question with love. I want to give you a direct answer. And I said, no, I wouldn't mind. He's like, really? And I said, no, I wouldn't mind. He's like, that's what I thought you'd say. He goes, I thought you'd say that, but I just wanted to hear it. it. It was... Thought provoking, I started thinking about it. So here's the thing. And, and I'm just, let's be candid with one another. If you were born in the South, that statement I just made ruffles your feathers. If you lived in the South, that ruffles your feathers. If you lived in the Midwest, it, it, it ruffles your feathers. Probably if you were born and raised in Colorado your whole life, you're still chewing on it. Going, ah, it sounds right, but I don't know. Why? Because of modeled behavior. Modeled behavior. I heard things like, "No, no, you know, if 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 uh, if a white guy marries a, you know a black girl, then his kids will never look like him." So, Conscious has got some stinking beautiful kids, and they look more like Anthony because he's got like really beautiful skin. Anthony, you know, so they look. I mean, you know, and you've got great skin too, but I mean, that's, I mean, you've got pretty good skin. I don't know. I mean, who, so who cares? Who cares that that? The Conyers kids bear more of the traits of their father than their mother. You tell me that that matters to their mother one bit? S- things like that said that make excuses for sin. Oh, this just a, you know, my, my family, we're just, we're just connected, so we just always talk to people and, and you know, we just always talk about people. That's just something we've done. You know, the Taylor family, we've just always been, you know, chatty. No, no, no. The Taylor family's always been gossipers. Gossiping is a sin. It's called corruptication. Just because your mom and your grandma did it and your dad and your granddad did it doesn't mean it's acceptable. Break the pattern. Don't pass it along. we've, We've got to look at our lives and say, what are the things that we've modeled that fill up that suitcase of my soul? that are heavy and that are dark and, and and that quite honestly you're probably a little irritated that I'm even digging this deep because it's just a bit too real. It is kingdom culture to walk in the light with God and with others. And kingdom culture Trump's American culture. It is kingdom culture to, to take your junk and drag it into the light and say, I don't even know what you want me to do with this. No, but you've told me to bring it into the light and to bring it to you. So I am. That's kingdom culture. The American culture says, "Hey, you don't talk about, you know, things in the past, you don't talk about personal family things, you don't you don't talk about politics and you don't talk about religion and you don't talk about money and you don't talk about weird uncle Stan and you you know there's just some things we don't do." So I guess I'd ask, are we going to live in kingdom culture or are we going to live in American culture? And I only say American culture because we live in America. If we were all in Brazil right now, I'd be saying Brazilian culture or Canadian culture or wherever. But we're in Colorado. The most honorable thing we can do is break the family sin patterns of our lives. If you look at... David had horrible... King David. You know, King David. Slayer of Goliath David. Killer of the lion. Killer of the bear. Killer of Goliath David. Had horrible... A horrible family sin pattern of of sexual sin. That was never broken. And his kids, his boys, followed suit. Even Solomon, who's considered the wisest man, still followed suit and had a bunch of, of wives who didn't have the same belief in our God and it lived in turmoil. Some of the things are big. Some of the things are small. Some of the patterns, we won't even know what they are until we sit and examine them and say, oh my gosh. Have you ever like, like found yourself like lying and you're like, why did I just lie? Why did I just lie? like exaggerate in a detail? I remember one time my dad did that. He told somebody, you know, in high school, I was, I was pretty fast. And my dad told him, you know, a 40 time, but it was an exaggerated 40 time. And I was offended. I'm like, why would you do that? I'm proud of my 40 time. I ran a good 40 time. Why? Are you not proud of my 40 time? Why would you lie to that person? I don't run a, a 459. I'm proud of my 464. Four. Family sin patterns. You know, I, I, I love my dad and I'm thankful for my dad. I rarely heard the words, I'm proud of you, from my dad. My dad rarely, if ever, heard the words, I'm proud of you, from his dad. My dad served in the military. My dad raised a good family. My dad turned his life around from from just being in the gutter. So that's, that's one of the things that, with the help of God, that I, I said I'm going to tell my kids I'm proud of them as much as I can. Went to the movies with with Cadence. I had a little daddy daughter date day with my youngest. We went and saw Captain Marvel. And if you don't know, Captain Marvel is a female superhero, and she's like the baddest of the superheroes in the Marvel universe. I know this opens the debate, but you know we're gonna go with that, Brian. Don't, don't shoot me down. We're just gonna go with that for now, okay? Captain Marvel's the baddest. Okay, she has got the most power. And after after the movie, I'm like, I'm like, you know how like she kept getting knocked down and she came back up, and they kept doing those flashbacks and how tough she was. She's like, yeah. I'm like, baby, that's the way I see you. I'm so proud of you. You're so tough. Every time you get knocked, you get back up again. I'm so proud of you. That's how I see you, like Captain Marvel. She just smiled. She's like, thanks, Daddy. You know why? Because there's power in telling someone I'm out of you. I told you guys that today and I meant it from the bottom of my heart. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for examining the hard things of life and giving the Lord access to them. I am. Rob Reimer, the author of the book, Soul Care. He says this in his book. He says, self-awareness is the gateway to freedom. It does not guarantee freedom, but we cannot get there without it. Self-awareness is the gateway to freedom. It does not guarantee freedom, but we cannot get there without it. To conquer the pattern of, those sin patterns. We can't do so without admitting the pattern. I asked earlier, like, are we responsible for, and and I think as we see in scripture, um, the answer is no, because each man is judged, you know, by own sin. But I will say this, there's such power in taking responsibility. There is. Father, I take responsibility for racism that has been in my family. And I I take responsibility for it, Lord, and I repent of it. And I ask you to break that pattern in my life. Lord, I ask you to open my eyes to see how you see. In Jesus' name taking responsibility. Not, and those sins weren't even mine, but you know what? There's power in taking responsibility of it. When we take responsibility of it, then we can bring it before the Lord and say, now, would you do something awesome with this? It doesn't shame me. I, I don't like the fact that there were people, you know, in my genealogy that that were part of the clan. But when you lived in the South, you got someone in your family that was part of the clan. I don't feel shame for it. Why? Because we took responsibility as a family Kara and I and said w- w- no more we take responsibility for this sin and we renounce it and we repent of it and lord we give it to you now lord just wipe away a way of thinking that permeated just without even knowing it and you know what's funny i would never a thousand years call like my parents like racist they just have things that were modeled to them that looking at now i go that's just not god Modeled to them. There were things modeled to us. And here's why I'm preaching this so passionately. Parents, there's things we're modeling to our kids that we can still break the pattern of. We can. What are other examples of sin patterns? Alcoholism? Addictions? I want you guys to know that rebellion in new form is not a kingdom principle. Submission is the powerful kingdom principle. See, rebellion says, "My my my mom or my dad was like this, and I will never be like this. And I will never be like my mom. And I'm going to I'm going to do all I can. I will never be like that." What I just did is called rebellion. It puts. The power in your hands, and says you're the strong one, you're the mighty one, you're, you're the one that has it all together, and not God. Rebellion's not a kingdom principle; submission is. Lord, I submit to you. Lord, I, I see these things. And I don't want to be that way, but Lord, if I'm honest, I see, I see it. Lord, I see it creeping in. Lord, I just submit my life to you. And James, we're told to submit, therefore, to God. Then resist the enemy and he must flee. Submission is the kingdom principle that brings life. I think many of us have made a declaration that I truly think is a curse that says, I will never do that. I will never be that way. Young people, guard your heart. That's that's not the kind of things that we should be saying because it puts the power in our hands instead of saying, God, I see something that scares me. I see something that I don't like. Would you remove it? Would I drag it into the light? Lord, now what do you want me to do with it? Do you want more examples? Ask the Lord to show you. Lord, what are some some patterns that have just been modeled before me that weren't you, that you want to break? You want to break the pattern now. See, shame is not a kingdom principle either. We're not supposed to walk in shame. I love what Byron said today. I love his description of our Father. Not this angry, punishing, you know, vengeful God, but this loving present powerful God fully demonstrated by the Son Jesus Christ fully demonstrated by the Holy Spirit so how do we overcome these how do we overcome these things that have been modeled to us How do we overcome these things that were probably modeled to our parents, our family? You were raised by a grandma, things that were modeled by grandma and modeled to her by her parents or grandparents. So here's some principles. Number one, admit the family sin, don't let it stay in the dark. Don't allow the lie of shame to keep things in the dark. And young people, you're never too young to do this. And old people, you're never too old to do this. We can do that at any point. You know, a good way to kind of start a prayer is to say, Lord, I want to honor my parents and my family and my genealogy and my grandparents by stopping certain cycles and patterns today. And I can only do that with your help. I can only do that in your strength. I can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit bringing revelation and there's some things that I imagine I'm doing that I, that I need you to convict me of because I don't want to be doing anything that's not of you. This isn't about perfection. This is about ability. I hope you're hearing this. This isn't about perfection. This is about being vulnerable before the Lord saying, I love you more than all. You are the most important thing in my life and you're the only one who saves, and you're the only one who sets me free and delivers. Admit the sin patterns, and number two, don't compromise and don't poo-poo it. Don't make excuses for it. Oh, that's just manslaughter. You're being silly. That's family manslaughter. Obviously, that's. A gross exaggeration, but how, how often do we do that? Oh, that's just come on. It's just a little lie. That little lie nailed Jesus to the cross. All of our sins, regardless of our scale, the big ones or small ones, our sins nailed Jesus to the cross. So don't poo-poo the sins. Don't take them lightly. And and don't place. So don't compromise. Number three, this one's interesting. Get help. Like, we're not supposed to go through life alone. Get help. The Bible says, confess your sins one to another so that you might be whole. That's that's scriptural. So find a friend. Find someone that's of like faith that's going to point you to Jesus and say, hey, can I just confess some things that that I think are fast sin patterns in my life. And, and I, I want to break them. And I just feel like I just need to kind of get it out. And I trust you. And I, I know you're going to point me to Jesus and you're probably just gonna sit there quietly and with love in your eyes. And that's what I need right now. Four deal severely with those sinners. Get angry, deal severely say that stops here. It stops here. Not by my strength, not by my will, By my submission to God, saying, Lord, by you it's stuck here. This is not going to be passed down. This is not going to continue. Number five, practice spiritual disciplines. So what are our spiritual disciplines? Reading the Word of God is a spiritual discipline. Memorizing Scripture, meditating on that Scripture, reminding yourself by quoting the scripture those are spiritual disciplines. And they help stop these patterns. Find a scripture that is opposite of what that family sin pattern was. If if that, that family sin pattern was selfishness and self-centeredness and and if it was just you know we're better, it was superiority. We're better than everyone else. Then when you are praying about that, that pattern broken Then find scriptures that talk about humbling yourselves, therefore, to the Lord. And He will exalt you. He will exalt you. We don't have to exalt myself. Lord, I know that that family sin pattern of superiority. Lord, I I recognize it's you, and I'm not just going to poo poo this. Lord, I'm asking you to break this off of our lives. Find a scripture and just meditate on it and quote it and memorize it. It's a spiritual discipline. Fasting. It's wonderful fast a day two days a week whatever and say I'm fasting for the purpose Lord of just getting rid of this and I'm doing this as a as an act of self-denial but not just in my own strength Lord because I want you to, to feel me while I'm doing this you know the meditate on scripture part that's powerful that is powerful We should be able to not not for you know checklist purposes, but we should be able to to quote scripture that we've just meditated in our heart. And every time we speak it, it brings life to us. Every time we speak it, it brings freedom to us. Every time we we speak it, it reminds us of God's goodness. This is about knowing God. And this is about God knowing God you and it requires access it requires openness no secrets no family secrets I mean it honor God and honor our families by saying no longer we're going to bring this into Lord God and we're going to own it so we can lift it to you and then I'm going to ask you to heal and to restore and to break this pattern. God will do it. Here's the great part. God will do it. Man, you guys knew what you were getting into the minute we gave you the description of the series. You knew there were going to be weeks like this where you're like, ouch, this hurts. I'm still chewing on it. I haven't heard anything you said the last 10 minutes because you challenged some part of my genealogy and I You can listen to it again online. I get it. Sometimes I do that. I'm like, man, what did he just say for the last ten minutes? What did he say? Because I, because, you know, he just called me a racist. I couldn't get past that. I'm not calling anyone here a racist, but I'm telling you, I was, I I was honest enough, and God was honest enough with me to say, you were born in the South, man. There were things modeled to you, and I want to break them. Is that fair? Is that fair enough i want to honor my god in such a way that i'm not going to allow any longer sin to hide in my life i'm not going to give a room for sin to live i'm not going to give a room for these these things to weigh down my soul and they will and they all do